You know, there's a scripture. If you're, if you're closing your eyes, just keep your eyes closed. If you're worshiping, however you worship. I want to read this scripture to you. Zephaniah 3.17. It says, The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you in his love. He will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. So many times we, uh, we know we're the ones singing to God. Did you ever know that he is a warrior who defends you, a great defender who sings over you songs of victory? Did you know that? And the scripture is really, really clear. This is a delight of the Lord's. Him singing over you, him being the great warrior for you is a delight for the Lord, a delight for the Lord. We are actually, as a church, entering a new series where we talk about live to give. What is it like for your whole life to be given away? And what, what we're gonna talk about today, every week we talk about how great is, how great is your God? How great is your adventure, your ability to take risk with the Lord? How great is your giving? And how great is your celebration? How great are these things? But today, when we talk about how great is your God, how great, the whole entire premise of how do I become a generous person will not work unless we actually look to God. We see how great He is. So let's close our eyes. And let's just meditate on what we just sang. All I did was worship, Lord. When the trial was there, all I did was praise. We praise you now. We thank you that, God, you are the warrior who sings over us. And better is your way, Lord. The battles are better fought your way, not our way. And so what we face, we say together, we face it with you, not against you. Would you lead the way as the king who goes before us? Lead the way, Lord. Let the victory of Jesus be our anthem in all things. And Father, we will meditate on and study tonight and talk about your ability to give your life away. Would that transform us in every way possible? And God, I pray that that would set us free from all types of strongholds. And so we will offer up our worship in studying your word tonight. And then we will respond with authenticity. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. You can take your, your seat. We're gonna do service a little differently uh, tonight. But go ahead and take a seat and watch the screens.
Hey, thanks for being here tonight. We're doing this teaching series on Live to Give, this whole idea of what it's like to give our life away. Um, not, not just our resources, and, and that does have to do with it, but what is it like to actually give what we live to give, not to receive, but to give everything away. Uh, traditionally, November is the time of Thanksgiving, where we are thankful, and uh, you will consume lots and lots of food on a certain day this month. But we're saying that that kind of stuff's fine. But to live your life in such a posture that you say, I am ready to not consume. I'm ready to give in all ways. And, uh, and that's actually why you'll see it's in the, m- the middle of a messy life. So your desk probably doesn't even look this clean, okay? But this is what we want to talk about. Some basic ways... That we're gonna do that. Go ahead and go to the slide where we're gonna talk about these steps. Can you can you go to that slide where we have these steps towards generosity? We're gonna say be inspired, be educated, and be challenged. Now, what you'll find is this week I want you to pray about what step you're gonna take. Not if you're gonna take a step. You don't really have to pray about should I take a step towards financial health? Should I take a step towards being a generous person? You don't need to pray about that. That would be yes. But um, what steps should you take? Be inspired. Smart money. The NCC churches are doing a class November 15th. Be educated. Financial Peace University will start January 15th. If you don't know what that is, it's in the name, Financial Peace University. So it's teaching you how to be at peace with your finances and how to give. And um, we're doing something for the children as well. And then a budgeting workshop, January 13th. So here's the thing. Next week when you come in, you'll be handed cards with this on there that's going to challenge you. What is your next step? What is your next step? In a culture that's crazy. So let's go back to live to give in this week one. What we're talking about is really how great is your God? Okay, this is the question. There is a song that was written. It's not about this um, sermon series written a long time ago, How Great is our God. We're not going to play that, but we're going to talk about how great is your God, because in the reality is, if generosity, if you don't see God as one who gives away, the God that you worship, you become the God that you worship type deal. This is kind of um, typical of all world religions, no matter where you land, is you become what you worship. And um, a lot of times, we don't see the generosity of God as a part of not just who he is, but this is how God operates. We live in a really strange time where, what was it, two weeks ago, you could win $1.6 billion, okay? Now, I don't, you don't need to raise your hand if you played the lottery. Uh, quite honestly, it just would matter if you tithed if you won. So uh, if y- you would win $1.6 million, and, and by the way, what you take home is over $900 million, and you go, this is crazy. And if you think that's crazy, that is crazy, okay? That is crazy. The culture you live in is this type of culture that is a consume culture. It's actually, there are ways that you can get richer, faster. There are people who preach prosperity, prosperity, prosperity. I remember when I was younger, my prayer consisted of this. I didn't have the best theology. It was, God, make me healthier, wealthier, and wise. That was my prayer. And I thought, someone told me this, a pastor told me this. That's the prayer of King Solomon. So I'm like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to be, it's actually not the prayer of King Solomon. But, But I'm telling you, it's a crazy time we live in. And if we're not careful, we start to look like the time we live in. You ever notice that? You start to, maybe you say, I don't have the same 
facial features as the people that I work with. I'm very different than my family, maybe. Maybe, but, but you actually start to look like the time that you live in. And so this crazy time where you, could win, you can win millions of dollars and people are talking all the time about how to make more money, how to get more, get more, get more, but very few people, very few cultures talk about how to give, how to actually not just do something, but to be something. What I'm talking about tonight is not just doing generosity. It's not just, well, it, it is good to do this, but it's actually being generous. How do you be like God? Because if the reality is our, our culture, we look like our culture, we have family resemblances to the culture that we live in and to the family that we grew up in. The reality is we also, we really, more than that, need to have family resemblances to God, that He's our Father. Do we resemble our Father? And in a lot of ways, when it comes to our worship of Him, we go, yeah, we resemble my, our Father. Like, I, I worship Him, I believe in grace, and I believe in love, and I believe in, you go, whoa, 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 but do you, do you resemble your Father when it comes to this one word, generosity? Do you look at all like God? Not because you're, you're doing more, that is part of it, but because you yourself have become a generous person. Uh, just today, I was texting a church planter in another state who um, started having services today, and he said, I said, hey, how's it going? I know he's, he's wrestling with the creeds of the church. Um, which is really shaky thing, whether someone should start a church that's, I, I'm not, but you, you see what I'm saying? I've like reached out and said, how's it going with this whole thing? He said, well, really, we just believe in faith, hope, and love. That's what we believe in. And I go, well, like as nice and neat and cultural as that sounds, you, you understand the definition of those things and the way that God has been all throughout the narrative of history really, really matters. It really matters. We, we can't just categorize our walk with Jesus and say, I really, really, I'm going to like, I'm going to come alive in these parts. And then when it comes to a part that's hard to talk about, and I, and I would venture to say the reason it's hard to talk about, so hard to talk about, and so hard to do, is because culture is the exact opposite. The family, uh, maybe it's your family of origin, possibly, but the family of culture that you swim in is the exact opposite than the Father that you worship in heaven when it comes to so many topics, but this topic in particular. Um, there's a title of a book called Do Fish Know They're Wet? And that, that's exactly how I feel when we talk about this, is we don't even know what's happening. The only way we know what's happening is when we're taken out of the water. It's actually when we're like lifted out a little bit and we go, oh, this, why does this feel uncomfortable? Well, it feels uncomfortable because we've actually become too safe. We've become too safe when it comes to our understanding of generosity. And we dance around it, and we, uh, but we, so the scriptures, what it's going to do is pull us out of the water. And it's going to say, look at God, first and foremost. Before you do anything, before you actually say, okay, well, I'm going to increase tithe by this much, or before, before you do it, let, let's look at God. Let's look at the face of God, and let's see, what, how does God live? How do we have a family resemblance to a father that we don't know what the father looks like at all? And so we want to say, what does the father look like? So we're going to read a passage that is actually, I think, other than do not judge, which that's quoted all the time, just because we don't like to be judged. Uh, this, this is quoted all the time. 
the fact that I'm going to talk about this passage, it may make you go, oh, gosh, like, I came to church for this, for this one verse. Yes, because this one verse, if, if we don't grab a hold of what this one verse entails, uh, then we will be lacking when it comes to resembling our Father in this area of generosity. God lives and gives all the time. And this is what John 3.16 teaches us, okay? John 3.16, if you don't know this verse, by the way, it is worth memorizing, okay? And if you have memorized it, it's worth acting like you don't know the verse, just to be reacclimated to the verse. You follow me? Um, but you're going to say it in your head anyways. I don't mind if you say it out loud. Let's read it together. You ready? Because you know this verse anyways. Let's read it together. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Look, you memorized the verse. Maybe you didn't memorize it, but, and then all of you have your own transla translation. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten, and you're sitting there going, where's begotten? It's not in this version, but it's, it's okay if you say begotten. This whole verse, this one verse, if you let this verse take you out of the water and you feel the uncomfortableness of what it is to resemble your father in a culture that says consume, 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 take, 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 um, you will be radically transformed. The generosity of God doesn't just frame, this isn't a frame, like this verse doesn't just frame, it is the picture in the frame. Like the every, you know, when this was written, it wasn't like John's going, this is going to be the verse that everybody memorizes. You know, it was like, no, no, he's just writing about the character of God and who God is in the face of Jesus. Uh, the generosity of God is really, really strategic in this verse. When we talk, just a, a, just a behind-the-scenes perspective real quick, any time that you're trying to help yourself grow or to help someone else grow, there's three categories. Maybe you've never thought in these categories, but these will make sense to you. Safety, challenge, and danger, okay? Those are three categories that anytime you're growing, you may say, I feel safe. And typically, when you feel safe all the time and you're in a place of safety, you don't necessarily grow because you're comfortable, right? Like you're always comfortable. You go, I'm safe. And there are seasons of safety where you go, this feels good. Uh, this is fine. And, and by the way, a lot of times healing, a healing season is a season of safety and that's very appropriate. But then what is the job of your friends and the people in your church and the people who love you right, that don't just pretend like they love you, but they love you, is to challenge. It's to bring a healthy perspective. So maybe you're sitting here and you go, you know, I don't, I don't know, I don't know where I should live. I'm looking to buy this house. It's going to put me in major debt. Like, I'm looking to do this, but I can make it work. I can, like, I can have six or seven jobs, you know, like, I can do this. I've done this before. And a healthy friend doesn't go, yeah, you can have six or seven jobs. And a healthy friend doesn't tell you, yeah, you know what? God's going to provide. A healthy friend goes, hey, 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 that's a really poor decision, okay? That's and they're going to challenge you. If too many challenges go on at once, it puts you in a danger mode where you go, I've stalled out. I actually don't. There's so much going on. I don't know how to move. And we've all done that. And we've accidentally done that to ourselves. And we've accidentally done that to other people where you go, stall. I'm like stalling out all the time. The purpose of this entire series is to always put us back in a challenge mode, but not in a danger mode, back in a challenge mode, and that when you feel like, I'm, I feel safe because of culture, I'm going back to looking like the family resemblance of culture, that the challenge would be, can you look 
like the family resemblance of your heavenly Father. Can you look like this? So let's focus on a few ver- uh, words here, okay? On John 3:16, For God so loved the world that he gave. Okay, let's just focus on that. For God so loved the world that he gave. Now, we will talk about who he gave, because that's a pretty big deal. It's not like he just gave us some mountain, and we can call it Mount God. He gave us his son, so we'll talk about But when we say for, so there's a reason that God's doing this. Since, because, there's a reason he's doing this. The object of the giving, okay, the ob- who's doing the giving is God. So your heavenly Father the, the one that we're talking about, how do you look like this God, is God, the one who's doing the giving. So, so, this is a really, really important word. So loved. Uh, the way the original, it like, it's a word that just encapsulates both of those, and it's talking deep, profound, intimate love, unbreakable love. We know in Scripture it says that nothing can separate us from the love of God, neither heights nor depths, nor angels, nor demons, nor, perse- nor persecutions. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. The lo- it's, it's almost like this. The deeper your love goes, the more you give. You see that? You see that in this verse. Like, it doesn't say like God had to. It's like his heart was for creation. So deep and so profound, he loved the world that he gave his only son. It's so deep, the one thing he can give and save the entire world and the entire universe and the entire cosmos of where it says in Colossians, reconciling all things to him, the one thing he could give was himself. Was himself. This is what's really unique about um, Christianity. Christianity doesn't say that God created out of anger. There's a lot of worldviews that'll say God created out of anger or out of strife. There's some worldviews that would say there's a war that happened in the heavens and, and out of the skin of one of the gods was stretched around a globe and that was what caused our land. You know, like this weird stuff, okay? If you believe that, we're so glad you're here. But it, it's a little strange, okay? W- but it, this, is, this is what's so powerful about Genesis 1. Genesis 1, Genesis 1 shows us God creating out of pure joy and calling it good. Not calling it bad, calling it good. He creates out of pure joy. It's as if the love within the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is spilling out. There's a uh, pastor, author named Timothy Keller who talks about the dance of God this way. It's as if it's spilling out. It's so contagious within the Trinity that God must create must create, and he loves what he's created. And joy, and this is why we sang earlier, he's your great defender, right? So many passages in the Bible talk about the joy of the Lord, the joy of the Lord. It's a joy to be in a relationship with him, but it's a joy for him to be in a relationship with you. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. We know these things. He so loved the world that he created, even when it was broken in its worst possible state. He gave everything for it. He gave everything. Um, Lisa, one time when I, when I was, so, let me put it this way. Sometimes when I'm laying in bed trying to fall asleep, I, I, I've told some of you this, I think of Bible stories. I try to replay Bible stories in my head. And it is, it is weird. I mean, I'll think of David and Goliath, I think of whatever. But I remember this time, this is a few years ago, where I was thinking of 
uh, Jesus dying on the cross. I was just replaying the story in my head. And I act- it actually really gripped me and moved me very much. And I told Lisa, she, she could tell I was upset. wasn't like mad at her, but I was crying. Laying in bed, I'm supposed to be going to s- sleep, and this is a horrible time to start an argument, right? This is like the worst time. It's like, everything's good. Yeah, everything's good. <laughs> everything's fine. <laughs> and then I'm crying, you know? And she said, what's wrong? And I told her, I said, I'm actually, I'm thinking about the cross, and I'm realizing if I was the only one in the world, God would have died for me. That's so love. And she said, yeah, but if you're the only one in the world, you would have been nailing him to the cross. And you talk about, like, that's not going to make you not cry more. That's going to make you cry more. And, I, and I've remembered that. I've remembered that. Of going, that's the so love. That's the type of generosity. When we talk about the difference, if you want to look like your family of culture, and maybe your family of origin, maybe they were super generous, and, but, but we want to talk about, if you want to look like the family of culture, you don't have to do anything. You just do whatever you want to do. You can give whenever it's convenient. You can let people stay at your house whenever it's convenient. You can buy someone a meal on the side of the road whenever it's convenient. You can do whatever you want to do. When you talk about so love, when you talk about John 3.16, when you talk about the image of the Father, to be that kind of generous, it's going to require some challenges. And it's really hard to do. Here's what I would say. If I had to summarize this whole thing, and what I'm trying to live out in my life is this, and it'll be on the screen if you're taking notes. You can give without loving, because people do that all the time, um, but you cannot love without giving. This is all throughout Scripture. People, you can give without loving. You don't have to love someone in order to give. I don't, I think very few of us love the people who take our taxes, okay? But we, we put this caveat. If that's your job, we're so thankful for you and, and we appreciate you. But it, very few of us love to give, and like, okay, April rolls around, March rolls around, you go, I gotta give, I don't love. But it's, I think it's actually impossible to deeply love without giving. I think that's impossible. I think if we're going to have the type of love, this is why we can't just use the word love, faith, hope, and love, and leave it ambiguous. If we're going to define it the way that our Father defines it, the one who created love, by the, the one who's always loved, right? Father, Son, Holy Spirit. The one that is love, okay? The one who is love. If we let Him define it, I think it is quite impossible to love without giving. When we're talking about God giving, He actually made the world this way. So think about it this way. God made all His creation to give. He made the sun to give light. He made the moon to give reflection. He made the stars, which um, the psalm says the psalms, the stars sing praises unto the Lord. He made the stars to give. He made the clouds. The clouds give rain to dry land. He made the earth. The earth gives vegetation, right? He made Animals, some of you are vegetarian. It's okay, you don't have to eat, but the Bible does say, I mean, you don't have to eat animals, but the Bible does say we can eat animals. He gave vegetation and animals. Uh, He gave all kinds of things. All of creation, it seems like the rhythm of creation is to give, 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 give. And then the beautiful image of God placed in man is the one creation that seems to resent giving. Like, 
all of the other creation is like giving, giving, giving. This is the way. In fact, sometimes we'll watch documentaries on animals, and I'm like, you're telling me when the baby's born, they just give their life away, and that's it. Like, when the baby's born, that's their death sentence. Some of these animals are this way. All creation is giving, giving, giving. But the one with free will, with the image of God that would have the greatest testimony to all of mankind, to all the earth, is the one that's most resistant to give is the one who actually says, mine, this is mine. This is, like that's a word you probably learned pretty early on, mine, right? This is all throughout the Finding Nemo movie that the only word the birds know is mine. Mine, mine, mine. And we think in two categories. What's mine and what's not mine. <laughs> These are the categories we think in. So, whenever we have something that we're renting, it's not mine. Whenever we have something that we quote-unquote own, that the bank really owns, whatever, it's mine. We think in these categories. But if we are to actually say God created the earth, all of creation is the Lord's, and everything in it, you, you hear that, that's out of Scripture, and everything in it, we can't have those categories. The, the one category is God's. God's, it's His. And then what flows from that category is how we steward what's his. And how do we know how to steward what's his is we look to the Father. He is generous. And by the way, he doesn't just give when it's convenient. I, I don't think any of you would say dying on a cross is ever convenient. He doesn't just give when it's convenient. He actually gives the utmost. He gives away his life in order to win hearts over. He gives for eternal purposes. This is what he gives for. And so the whole category of God, the whole category, let me just shift it for you, where you're like, no, no, there's mine and then there's not mine. There's God's, and then from that, there's what God has given you. He's been very generous with what he's given you, by the way. He hasn't just given you breath to breathe. He's given you working lungs right now. And he's not just giving you working lungs. He's given us a roof over our head. And there's, you're probably going to be able to eat after this or before this or tomorrow morning. And if you can't, let us know. We'll make sure that you can. He's given you a lot. He's given you a lot. He's not the one who just gives sparingly. He doesn't just give a little bit to the wicked and a lot to the blessed. He actually says, actually, I, Ecclesiastes says this. He gives to all. And it's frustrating, actually, to some believers. He gives so much to people, whether he, they believe in him or they don't believe in him. He, he just seems to be generous. It just, it's almost like God can't help it. That's who he is. And if you were the only person in the world and you were nailing him to the cross, he would have given himself. This is who he is. Your father is a very generous father. And so when I think about this, I go, okay, so here's the really hard question. If I'm in the family of God, and I'm to look, have a family resemblance to my heavenly father, if I'm in the family of God, if my father is super generous, do I have to be super generous? That's hard. And I think you know the answer, but I'll just say it in case you don't know the answer. Yes! <laughs> Yet, we actually, to be like our Father, we look like our Father. We do what our Father's done. And when we see a whole broken world, we don't sit back like stingy Christians. No, no, we go, how do we participate in the healing 
of the world. You'll actually have a chance um, at the end of service when announcements are done, you'll have a chance uh, to uh, support, to sponsor a child. Today in all the NCC churches, we call it Belonging Sunday. So Compassion International is where you can sponsor a child. For $45 a month, you can sponsor a child. And you go, what, what, if, you, what if you saw you could do, you could actually give $45, and guess what? That's not giving your life away. And there may come a day where the gospel um, compels you to give your life away. We've already commissioned missionaries out of this church. There may come a day where the gospel compels you to do that. But what we've talked about so often is if you say yes to God in the small steps, before you know it, the big step was just a bunch of small steps stacked on top of one another. If the Father's generous, do you have to be generous? If you want to resemble the Father in all ways, then yes. If you don't want to resemble the Father, then no. That's what John 3.16 tells us. And yes, that gets you out of safety into challenge, but that's not danger. That's not danger. Because what we're doing is we're saying one step after the other. That's the challenge mode. That's where we want to live. And then we want to go back and keep going back and forth. Um, I, I don't know how you feel about Christmas being two months away, a month and a half, like a month and whatever days. Some of you are actually counting. November 1st, we welcomed November into our house with Christmas music. We played Christmas music. It, it can be Celine Dion, which I love Celine Dion Christmas CDs. Some of you are going to be so embarrassed. I've seen her twice in concert. Uh, one time, okay, side note, one time when we first got married, uh, Lisa bought me tickets to see Celine Dion in Dallas. I had already seen her in Vegas, and I like love going to her concerts. Why? I don't know. Let's go together, and you'll see. And and uh, I know some of you are so embarrassed right now. And w once we got married, I'm telling people like, oh yeah, we're going to see Celine Dion, and this is what everybody told me. It's so nice. You bought those tickets for your wife, and I go, no, my you sexist. My wife bought those tickets for me. I like. So, anyways, <laughs> listen to Celine Dion, Michael Bublé, whatever. We welcome in with Christmas music. Now, for some of you, you're like, Thanksgiving's not even here. I don't care. I don't care what you think I just, on this uh, issue. I just think you can, you can do you and I'll do me. So we've already, we've already watched The Grinch in our house. How many times? Too many? Ten times? I'm not exaggerating. The kids, like, love this movie ten times. That's a lot. That's actually just a lot of TV. So that's, we've watched The Grinch. And here's what's so interesting about The Grinch, and I, and I see this every year. The Grinch, there's... The imagery is great for kids, but then it translates to adults. Here's the imagery. Is the Grinch, he sizes his heart. He has this machine that sees the size of his heart, and it's super small, and he's really, really stingy, and he's happy about this. And then he goes and he steals and all this stuff. But then, but then there's a line that says the Grinch's heart grew three times, and his heart actually grew. His capacity grew as he started to take steps into being around people that were generous as he heard people celebrate he's like why are you celebrating there's no christmas gifts i have all the gifts and then he's like rolling on the ground going no like his heart's growing you know and he's like in pain and then he becomes the hero all this stuff it's literally as if he puts himself around generosity and his capacity to give just grows and sometimes it feels painful. Like sometimes it doesn't feel, and, and he's in agony, but then you start cheering for him. And I think the more we put ourselves around the Father, and the more we meditate on the Father, and the more we put ourselves around each other, our capacity starts to grow. 
our heart starts to grow. Our giving starts to grow. And you go, I'm, I'm like not there yet. I, I bet you can be there. I bet if the more you look at Jesus, in fact, I, I think that even when we have a time of response, when we'll have time for, to take up tithes and offerings, I think that you can be bold enough to let your heart grow. I think that when you seek prayer on the side, I think that you can be bold enough. And before you know it, again, is it always comfortable? No, that's why I'm telling you the Grinch story. He's like rolling around. Jim Carrey's rolling around screaming the whole time, right? It's one of my favorite parts of the movie, though, because I go, it does hurt a little, um, but then the capacity just grows. We were eating yesterday, uh, Piper and I, and we were getting some food, which is what happens when you eat, okay? We are eating some food, and we went to this Mexican restaurant. It actually said Mexican food, and it's just flashing bright. So I know, growing up in Albuquerque, New Mexico, I know that's legit. That's the place to eat. If it just says Mexican food, it's not trying to be clever, that's it. So I said, Piper, you want Mexican food? She goes, I want macaroni and cheese. And I said, they'll probably have it. You know, like, they'll, they'll probably have it here. And uh, they're really good at Mexican food. They're going to be really bad at mac and cheese. But she doesn't care. It's Kraft mac and cheese. So we go in, and, uh, and we're eating. And she has French fries. I didn't have French fries because I ordered Mexican food. But I, I wanted some French fries. And I said, Piper, can, can I have one of your fries? I asked her this. And she does this every time. She said, no. It's like what she does. And then she never finishes her fries. She doesn't even touch them. You know, it's like a territory thing. <laughs> so... I want, you, I want you to think about this for a second. I didn't do this to her, but I just want you to think about this. I didn't do this to her because this would like break her spirit. But think about this. Here's what I wanted to do. I wanted to go, Piper, who, who bought you these fries? Okay, <laughs> who bought these fries? And let's think a little further. Who can buy you all the fries you want. I can buy you more fries, okay? I mean, there is a limit, but I promise you will not reach that limit, okay? Who's, and then here's the, here's like the real sad part. Who doesn't have to buy you fries again, <laughs> right? Now, would I do that to her? No, no, I don't need, I just order fries. But what I'm, what I'm saying is, how, how ridiculous is it that I go, can I have one fry, an amount of fries? And she goes, no. And by the way, she doesn't even know how to use the fries wisely. <laughs> and, and I'm telling you, as stupid as it sounds, when we look at the generosity of God that he gives his son away for your redemption, for your, and all good and perfect gifts come from the Father, all good and perfect gifts, that if God says to you, hey, can I have a fry? Can I have one fry? And we go, mm, no. I, th I think a, an appropriate response would be to go, okay, who, who gave you job, like a job? Who answered your prayer when you prayed for this? Who did this? Who do you think makes sure that, like, your bank account stays open? Who, who do you think does this? And who do you think can stop doing that? I, I just think when we look at the analogy, we go, it is, it's really stupid. It's really dumb if, if for me, if I go, I, the generosity of the Father, I'm at a table with Him all the time, experiencing the love of my Father. I love my Father, my Father loves me, and then He goes, hey, can I, can I have a fry? Hey, can we talk about giving in the church? Hey, can we talk about sponsoring a child? Hey, can we talk about what you give and not what you hoard? And you go, whoa, whoa, no, no, no. Like, this is a good dinner. This is a good dinner. But we're not going to talk about fries. 
stupid. It's ridiculous. We are children that must look like the Father. The Father's love and generosity is abundant. You have what you have because he's a good dad. And what I would ask is that we become a people who give like our Father. So the first teaching in this whole series is how great is your God? If he's a stingy God, this is not the God of the Bible. If he's a God that doesn't provide for you, that's not the God of the Bible, and I don't think you would say that. How great is your God? That's what we want to talk about. He's a generous God. He's not just a generous God. It's not just what he does. He is generous. It's who he is. Gives himself away. You can give without loving. It's possible. I think it's actually impossible uh, to love without giving. So can we stand together? An appropriate response, the reason we move the service around a little bit, an appropriate response is actually to have a time where we give. So we're going to have the ushers, um, they're going to, th here's some ways that you can give. I would encourage you this, kind of a phrase you can keep in your mind as we're doing this series is, whatever you think about God and the risk that maybe he's calling you to take, whatever you think about tithing, whatever you think about giving in general, it's the floor, not the ceiling. Can you remember that? It's the floor, it's not the ceiling. It's the starting point. So wherever you're at in all these things, it's the floor. Where you can go up from here. You can say, I have no reference point for any of this. Great, that's where we start. You can say, I've been church all my life and I already give regularly. Okay, well, we can start there. It's always the floor. We're gonna go up from here. So here's some ways that you can give. Give in person, online, and text. And I would ask you, as we respond, uh, they're going to pass the bucket around. Ask God, what would you be asking of me to reflect your generosity so that I can give to eternal purposes? And then once we've done that, once you've had a chance to give, then move to the side for prayer. And it's very specific. What we're saying is, I want to be more like my father. I want to be more like my father. And I need clarity of what that looks like. I want to be more like my father. And I need clarity of what that looks like. Once you have a chance to give, uh, then you can move to the side. You can also take communion in the back, or you can stand in worship. This is just a time where we're going to respond, okay? Let me pray for us. Father, we thank you that you so loved, you so loved, that the deeper your love was, which is as deep as it can go, the more you're willing to give. May our love for you go deeper so that, Lord, we look more like you. We look more like you. We want to be like you, Father. And as a church, we repent for being like culture and we come back to the family of God and we just ask you to help us to do that. Bless the offering. Bless our vulnerability and transparency as we seek prayer. And Lord, we thank you for all that you've done. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's take offering and then we'll move to the sides for prayer.